Hey, this is Mr. Bass. We had a great show with Edwin Evers. Unfortunately, his sound quality is not too great. So you're going to really have to crank up the volume to hear him. Hopefully that will be worth it for you. Thanks again for listening. We're live and on the air. Get your fish on and Mr. Bass. Another Wednesday night. Another Wednesday night. What's up, folks? How's everybody doing? How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Date. What does that mean? No idea. Now you're saying, I mean. Booster's going to, all of Booster's posts tonight are going to be one or two words long. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to figure out his cryptic message. He's going to do two words and (laughs) it's going to create one long sentence at the end of the day. Yeah, one long sentence by the time the two hours has gone by. What up, Matthew? Booster is very creative. Did you have Matthew on your show on Sunday night? Yes, I did. All right, we got a special guest on tonight. Yes. And he's on now. I see him. The one and only Edwin Evers. So let's go ahead and bring him on. Hello, let me fix the overlay. <laughs> hey, dude. Just go like this, Edwin. Man, maybe 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 our templates messed up here. Oh. Maybe I, I don't even Oh wait, wait, wait. I have an idea. There we go. Yeah, now make we'll... you the big one. Nah, we got it. Perfect. Yeah, you and I upside down. Yeah. How's it going, dude? Good, good, good. How's it going with you guys? Tackle. Great. <laughs> great, great, great. I saw I saw a post uh, uh, today on Instagram. It looked like uh, you weren't having the best of days. Yeah, I had a great day. I got stuck. Uh, I'm taking the blame for it. It, it was actually somebody else driving my pickup truck, and uh, I had just got out, and I said, hey, right down through here is a three-foot ditch. Follow me. Don't drive to the right. I drive <laughs> on down the hill, get out, looking for my buddy, and he drove 10 foot more and literally parked the truck like this. These two left wheels, you could just spin them. They're both. I saw up. that. Crazy. Yeah. How long did that take to get to get out? Well, it was about eight or nine miles back to the farm where I had a tractor. And uh, I went back to the farm. I didn't have a key to get in the shop. So I had to go all the way back to my buddy to get the key to get in it, then go all the way back. And uh, it took a while. I took a tractor up there. And, you know, you don't travel very fast in a tractor. And we lifted it up with the tractor and poked a bunch of rocks and dirt underneath it. And we got it out. Oh, that sounds. That's the best part. Yeah, that that's yeah. that sounds like. Uh, have you ever heard when Ott dropped in over at Patrick Sabil's house? No, what happened? <laughs> Patrick tells everybody, you know, is this the pond in the backyard, and you know, it's 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 where the Florida largemouth, uh, the Florida record bass was pulled out of the pond. You know, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, he got stuck. Stuck. <laughs> yeah. Six hours. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was bad. And they didn't catch any fish either. No, it was really bad. <laughs> so how you been, man? Been really good. Super good. Uh, been super, super busy, but uh, doing really, really good. Just uh, I, literally every day for the, that I've been 
not fishing the tournament has been spoken for for uh, one sponsor or another or filming purposes, trying to uh, you know keep keep ahead of the uh, monster that we're trying to feed with that YouTube channel. Heck yeah, that uh, YouTube channel of yours is really taking some legs. It's a it's a lot of work, but I love it. I'm having a lot a lot of fun uh, getting to meet some great people, getting some other people on the channel here recently, and got some more coming down the pipeline that I'm super excited about. But uh, it's a uh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. We're working really hard on it. Uh, yeah. I like. Go ahead. We we uh, we've really been impressed with. It. In fact, I've been telling the guys here on the channel that they need to go over and watch you because. Of all the pro channels out there, and you know, more and more of the pro fishermen are trying to become YouTubers as well. Some some are better than others, but your channel is so well put together, and you're one of the best teachers I think out there. I mean, as far as I've been telling guys, if you want to really learn about the techniques of fishing, how to fish, and uh, things of that nature, man, your channel is just excellent. It really, really is. Thank you so much. And I'm super fortunate that I've got, he's become a great friend of mine, him and his wife both, you know, Chris Neal, um, his wife, Joseline. They're just awesome, awesome people, people that I truly enjoy hanging out with because I spend a lot of time with him and uh, he's ended up being a great friend, but he's a phenomenal behind that camera. Yeah, that really helps. Yeah. I remember just recently we talked you were talking to Jimmy Houston next to me, and he was like, I'm going to bring you in, and we're going to do this collab because I need you at 100000 Uh And you're, <laughs> the channel's growing, like, unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It is growing. It, you know, nothing's as fast as I would like it to be, but, you know, I, I didn't start out with anything, and it, it's about a year and a half old, and, and, you know, I think we just got over 50000 So, uh, you know, I, I feel like as long as I'm having fun and, and I'm helping a lot of people, a lot of the comments – are really enjoyable to, to read and, and the emails I get just all the time. Just today, I got a super one that was really great from the 60 year old, 68 year old gentleman that caught a big bass and he was super thankful. So uh, as long as I'm getting that stuff, I really don't care about the subscribers. You know, I think people are enjoying it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So for people who don't know, tell us how you got introduced into the outdoors. Uh I'm moving this. It's really kind of weird. You know, I, I just fished a lot of ponds. You know, I, I, I'd leave the house and I'd walk the ponds growing up and I just, I got ate up with it as a kid. You know, my mom took me the first couple times. I actually uh, stopped off at the place where I caught my first two fish on the way back from St. Clair. It's uh, about an hour north of, of uh, St. Louis, little bitty town, Clarksville, Missouri. And there's a bridge across the slough off the Mississippi River. And I was there visiting my uncle. And I was like, man, let's just drive down there before I leave just to bring back some memories. I hadn't been there in 30, 40 years. Hmm. And, uh, but anyway, long story short, my mom took me the first few times. Uh, they just always supported me. Uh, actually, the first guy that I ever really fished a lot of bass fishing with was a, a guy that lives out in West Texas. His name's Gary Powell. And he was the inventor of a one-man boat that you propel around with swim fins. And uh, hmm. I fished many years out of that you know, he ended up giving me one, and and uh, that's really how I got started, you know, in a small one-man boat that you propelled with swim fins and just kept running with it, you know. got a, <laughs> Went to college, and the college I picked had a lake next to it. That was the reason I went there, and uh, <laughs> I've been it ever since. That's cool. That, that is, is really cool. That is cool. One thing I noticed on your channel that you started doing are like these uh, kind of – 
cameo appearances, your interviews of, of other pro fishermen and other key yeah. people in the, in the industry, man, those are really great. What, what, uh, what led to that? What, uh, you know, I think it was just, I filmed with Ott and I, and I wanted to ask him, you know, about how he got started because I had some, some comments on the channel, you know, they're always asking like how to become a pro fisherman or how did you get to where you're at? And I thought, well, what better way than to, you know, ask Steve or you, you know, you're doing something in the, in the industry and how did you get to where you're at? Cause you know, there's a lot of people that, that want to work and live in the industry that may not be tournament anglers. And then there's lots of young kids that want to know how everyone got to where they're at. And that, that was just the premise behind it, you know, just trying to answer questions. You know, some of my best content is always coming up. You know, I can see right here we're getting questions tonight. Uh, it, the best content I have on my channel is just reading those comments. You know, today I got some great suggestions for uh, future videos. So uh, that, that's how it came about, truly. You mentioned something about how of people starting out and becoming a professional angler. And, and recently I listened to a podcast and in the podcast, the person said, uh, YouTubers will never be professional anglers. They'll never be able to do it. <laughs> and professional anglers want to be YouTubers and obviously it can work. Uh, do you, what does it take to be a professional angler? I mean, other than getting sponsors, what if you had to tell someone that was just starting in the in the in the industry, what is in college now and says, you know, I want to I want to do what you're doing? What would you say to them? You better have a lot of thick skin. You better yeah. be able to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Live on next to nothing. I mean, nothing like I I would have I, I would never be sitting here talking to you if if. I would have been married, you know, because there's no way I could have put a wife through what, how I live. Cause I, I lived as bare as you could possibly be to, to make it. And, uh, you know, the other thing is you gotta have, you gotta be pretty stubborn and, uh, you gotta believe in yourself because it's a, it's a long road. It's a big hill to climb. You know, there's a few guys that have had instant success, you know, in their careers, but it still took them, you know, probably a bumpy road to get to even to the top level. But uh, um, it, it doesn't happen overnight for very many people. And, uh, you know, you got to take, it's kind of a school of hard knocks. You get kicked around and you're at the bottom of the basement for a long time. And then you just finally, it all starts clicking for you. It's tough. Yes, sir. It's, it really is tough. People don't, I think, you know, you can be a great angler and go out there and catch fish anywhere. But the problem is, is that when, it, when money's on the line, it, it's if that's Ken Duke, tell me he, he has to do it. Cousin Ken ain't allowed to bother us. <laughs> it's it's tough to 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 make that transition, and people don't realize there's a lot of guys out there that just break even, and it it is tough. It is tough. There's no doubt about it. Um, but you know. It was really tough, but all through it all, I loved every minute of it. You know, yeah. there there was a, there was times that I really I, I doubted a little bit and and had some doubt creep in and and uh, you know I, I was at a point of you know in two thousand two about you know thinking about quitting and uh, you know it kind of all turned around one night at a focus meeting. That's it's kind of my testimony if you guys ever listen to it somewhere. But you know the next day I caught the biggest stringer in that tournament 
and uh, it really answered my prayer the day before because I was so tired of struggling and, and I didn't I had 35 bucks to get home and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do because I was in a hundred and something place after that day and I was super nervous and then I ended up catching the biggest stringer of the tournament in this most obscure spot and uh, got a big check and never looked back at, ever since after that day so I love it Hey, Edwin, how about Frankie's question here? What about if you're a co-angler and you're not in college and you're in your 30s and 40s and you <laughs> want to do and you want to do something in the industry as in becoming a pro angler or a co? Well, man, I think first of all, Frankie, you're on the right path because I've always told people I feel like the fastest way to the top is kind of the Justin Lucas model. He was a co-angler for a long time and 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 he learned off multiple, multiple anglers. And and by doing that, I just think your 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 learning curve is more like this. And uh, so, you know, Frankie's already a step ahead. He's being a co-angler right now. Uh, learn off anybody and everybody you can. And and it doesn't, you don't have to be 20, 25, 30 years old. You know, Matt Reed's a good buddy of mine's made a living in in bass fishing and you know, he really didn't hit the trail till he was well up in his forties. So, uh, you know, it's definitely possible. It's, it's, uh, I would just, I would have success locally and then take it to the next level and just use those stair steps or whatever program or tournament organization you're with and, uh, you know, try to progress through it. Right. Yeah. On. Well, so in the last few years, electronics has been insane. I know you're with Lawrence. Uh, with all these new kids and Jacob and all these guys putting a lot of time in on electronics over the last few years, did you have to, to go back and look at it during an off season to say, I need to, I need to figure this out. 100% that active target, you know, uh, Lawrence was a year or two behind, uh, they, they had it in development. I'd heard about it for five or six years ago. Uh, and saw bits and pieces of it, but you know they were a little behind in bringing out the the product that they have right now. So, absolutely, I spend every day on the water as soon as I had it, as much as I could. And still to this day, I am learning about it. And uh, no, I, I think I think what really separates some of the best anglers out there and some of the just anglers is the best anglers realize that man, they probably really don't know much, and there's always more to learn. And mm -hmm. I hope that I'm, I can always present myself that way because at times I'm out there fishing and I feel like I don't know very much. And, and, and I also know that I have a lot to learn. So uh, it, it's a sport that we learn more and more about every day. And, and uh, that's one thing I love about it. Well, it's kind of, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting that you, that you say that you kind of wonder about, uh, I don't know anything or anything like that. Because if you look at your record, you know, uh, been been in the been at it twenty three years, thirteen wins, two world championships, one hundred nineteen top twenty finishes, an AOI, three point seven million dollars worth of winnings, one of only five professional fishermen that have ever earned over three million dollars. One of only five in the entire universe. Here comes the lone question, Edwin. Uh, that is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would look at you and say, well, geez, he's achieved everything. Uh, how, how do you, how, what keeps you going? The competition, you know, 
you know, right now I'm pretty competitive about this YouTube. I want it to succeed. So I'm pouring a lot of, of my heart and soul into that. Uh, but by no means am I done with bass fishing, you know, the tournaments, I can't wait for next season. Uh, you know, having a, a, a rough season this year that I feel like was not near what I expected myself. You know, I, I plan to go look at some of these bodies of water that we're going to next year prior to the off limits. And, uh, I'm going to definitely hit this year a lot harder than I did this previous year. Just, you know, I got kind of, kind of got off on the side with that YouTube and uh, I let it kind of uh, creep up on me and where I was like trying to get something done for the next Tuesday and the next Thursday. And, and I plan to get way ahead to have content a month or two in advance to where I can put more of my focus on the tournament trail. But, uh, you know, back to your original question, I just, I truly love the competition aspect of it. Did looking at next year, next year is uh, like the the schedule is really no Florida. Uh, what are you? I'm sorry, Steve. I, I, know, I, I know, I know, I know that. I know you hate Florida. I wasn't going to ask that. I have one down there now, and I've had some decent events, but I've had my worst events ever down there too. Yeah, well, the last time you were down here, I was like, I so badly wanted to, like, I read the article on what you were going to do, and uh, I, Ken and I are on the phone, and I'm like, should I call him and say, switch all of that? You're going with the wrong, you're going to the wrong thing, and he's like, you can't do that. Yep. Uh, he'll figure it out. Okay. He's actually, I think Ken said, he's smarter than you. Don't mention anything to him. <laughs> uh, but looking at next year's schedule, right. uh really going to some different places next year for the first time. Yeah. How exciting is it to, to have those new areas and have you already started looking at those spots? I haven't been to them yet. Uh, you know, you're speaking to Lake Darbone earlier, yeah. your Lake Forks earlier than we've ever been there. Uh, but no, I, I definitely am going to spend some time thinking about it. Uh, you know, one thing I, I really like about it is I fish a lot in January and February here in Oklahoma. So some of that's going to translate down there to that area. You know, it's not very far from the house and, uh, I'm excited about it. There, there's going to be some, some good bodies of water that we're going to. Did you have any input on where they go next, next year? No, I'm not on that committee. Oh, okay. No. So one of the listeners here asked a good question for the normal boat angler, just fun fishing and can only afford either power poles or spot lock. What, where, where should they spend their money? I would have to ask that question. Where do they live? Um, who He's in there? Texas. I think. He's in Texas. Wow. Uh, he better go spot lock. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we got to ask Caro because she, I've had this question on so social media a few times today and I posted a little clip. I was saying, yeah, the boat, uh, and I just want to see how fast it took to get to 60 because that's how they measure cars, you know, zero to 60 all the time. God. And I, and I put a, uh, a, a time out there for it, but Carrie, you're going to have to watch the video to see actually how fast it goes. And yes, it does go faster than 62. Yeah. Now, it looks like you have some, the, they have some really cool new seats on those boats. Oh, those seats are game. Do you get a new boat every year? Yes, sir. You do. God, that would be wonderful. Other <laughs> yeah, than putting I everything work, together in it. it. Steve, I work for it very hard. I, I, I'm not <laughs> saying that you don't. You know I love you. But, man, that would be cool as hell. Oh, well, thank you. Definitely it, would be. Then you got to put tackle webs in all this stuff. And you got. I do. Ugh. 
So I really wanted to ask you, you are, as I just talked about your record, you know how to win. You have won it all. Uh, what do you think about Jacob Wheeler last couple of years? Man, the guy's on fire, like truly on fire. He's just uh, can't make any wrong decisions, you know. Kind it's of crazy. Something like, you know, like what we had with Kevin Van Dam, you know, for many, many years, you know, Kevin or Jacob's yeah. he's clicking on all cylinders and then some more. So he's doing really, really good. What 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 is it about and like you or any of these anglers when you are really clicking on all cylinders? Is is there can you pinpoint it? Can you say, man, that's what's going on, or is it just it's, just kind of? It, it all equates to be you know time on the water and confidence in your decisions, and uh, uh, but other than those two things, there's not really any magical answer, magical pill, magical bait. Uh, you know, he's just he's ahead of the curve right now. How do you? Do you do you start to go to Jacob and and or watch what he's doing and go, you know, I need to maybe I need to do this or do you sit back and go, I'm gonna figure this out and he's just really lucky right now. No, he's never he's not lucky. You know, Jacob's outworked a bunch of us the, the past few years. You know, he was, you know, I was amazed. We were at I think the St. Lawrence Seaway and on on one of the off days he drove over and fished Champlain four hours away. You know, then comes back and fish, you know, during the competition. So, you know, the work ethic of the, of the man is, is through the roof. So, you know, that's something that, that not everybody's doing. And, and with him doing that, uh, you know, that just goes to show the success he's having. Yeah. I think it's really good for the sport and really good for the Bass Pro Tour that that's happening. Not to say that one guy should be winning so much. But I really think when a person, just like when KVD had his, he was just on fire, it, I think it creates so much more interest to the average fan when they start hearing, this guy won again. Can you believe it? That guy won again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really think it helps everybody because it really does stir up more interest in the sport overall. Not saying I want him to win every single <laughs> thing going forward, but it, it's pretty crazy. He really is on a different level in some instances. I, I do know that, you know, our friendship, I'm always like, oh, come on, Edwin, for the love of God. But then uh, but then at the same time, you're like, oh, I'm happy for Jacob. Yeah, you know, he's a friend too. But, you know, you have your, you have your favorites. Can we talk about uh, the 2016 Classic and that final day? I mean, yeah. you and – Jason are were at that time you guys were traveling partners weren't you yes sir we were and he's having well he had two years in a row I think he had was on fire at the classic yeah. you get that last day and you have this what told you to make the move it was always in the back of my mind uh, ever since I probably started in there the first day of practice. I'd have to go back and look at the look at the, the, the information I wrote down about the practice, but uh, I think it was the first day of practice. We had a sunny, uh, kind of windy day, you know, and uh, it was just I went in there like super quick for an hour, hour and a half. Uh, it was it was the very first morning. I think that's where I started my practice and. Uh, Went through there, and I mean, I caught like a seven-something pounder in a whole nother location, but similar area like that, uh, and saw two or three more and caught another good one, and I got out super quick. And, you know, fishing your home body of water like that, 
you have a lot of stuff to try mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff to even try that you feel like is even better that maybe you don't even practice. And, uh, you know, I went through a lot of that the first day and the second day and, you know, needless to say where I started my practice the very first day was the best, you know, and I thought I had other stuff that was better. And it, it obviously even, you know, it was, it was what better than I ever envisioned it could have been. Um, and a lot of times I always tend to start tournaments where my practice ends, where I feel like, because, you know, I feel like a lot of times it changes so much from the first day of practice to the final day of practice to the first day of competition. So I want the most current bite, you know, where I'm, when I'm going to start that first morning. And that's really how I approach a lot of them. And uh, it was pretty awesome in there, though. I got to tell you, it, when I got in there and, water was clean and, and the wind was blowing, you know, the next, you know, after the wind blew that hard that day, probably the next day or the next day, it wasn't going to be that good. That, that place is super fickle. I mean, like we talked about the clear water and the wind needing them to bite, but then if you have too much wind, it'll muddy it all up. Like it, it's like, it changes day and night almost hourly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of crazy. I remember go, you going through the circle and Jason was in front of you, I think, in the, the final day. And I remember walking up to your boat as you came up and going, congratulations. And you were like, shut up. <laughs> it was hard because I, I remember sitting, they parked my boat right in front of his wife and his girls. And uh, that was really hard because, you know, it still is hard to me, hard for me to, to this day because uh, I just have a lot of respect for him and, and especially his family. Yeah. And, uh, just to see the disappointment in his girls, you know, and knowing how bad his family wants it, just as bad as my daughter and my son, you know, but just to be have to be parked in front of, you know, your friend's family, it, that's that part of it sucked. It was just a, yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was a weird, uh, it was weird. We were everyone was just so excited, and at the same time, you know, Jason is one of the best anglers of all time. And and then, uh, you know, you know, it, it is what it is. I remember just being very excited, and I and I felt that you were one of the favorites going into this. Like it, we all kind of felt like it was a two person race. It was you and Jason right. the whole week. Right. That's what we all kept saying. It's one of the two guys are going to win it. It's their home pond, and this is it for for one. So everyone was, everyone was really. It, it was just one of those amazing comebacks. It was just like, oh, it just made everyone happy, and it was. It just made the the whole day was everyone was glued to watching that. Just like that that Red Quest Crest Championship. I hate to say it, I, when. I was texting you in the middle of the day, congratulations, because I was like, this is the greatest couple hours. I remember watching you cast, and you were your fingers were cramping up. Uh, they were. They were. Yeah. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was. It was. It was awesome. That was a great, great day. That was a great day. Okay, dude. One, of the, one of the great things about modern uh, pro fishing is that we get to see so much of it now, you know, for – with all the TV coverage, which is really great. 
Um, uh, Booster was wondering who, who's your travel buddies right now? Who do, do you have anybody you travel with or, uh, you know, up to this year with major league fishing and the rules that, you know, we really couldn't talk about fishing at all. Like there was nothing you could talk about once the uh, practice started. And, uh, so I always stayed by myself. I didn't ever want to have an issue walking past a buddy's boat, seeing the bait tied on and back of my mind the next day when he's on the score tracker and he's only got one bait on his rod or on his deck. I just, I just, that stuff bothered me. And so uh, I've always traveled alone, but next year, uh, Ott and Andy, we're all going to travel together some and and spend some time together. So really looking forward to that. Those are two, two great guys. Yeah. Two great guys. Uh, I just, when major league fishing, when the whole BPT thing started, had you ever seen, uh, more, uh, like people hot headed over who was going where and, and do you think it's gotten any better over three years? Oh, I think it's gotten way better. I think there's a lot of drama, uh, probably a lot of self-inflicted through all that. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we just, you want a place to work. You want a place that uh, you can enjoy where you work and, uh, you know, that the payout is good and, you know, to each his own, whatever the format it is. But, uh, you know, I think things have gotten a lot better. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a fun it was a fun summer though I can tell you that you guys loved it you guys loved all that oh yeah we loved it yeah well there were so many people that were like on the fence who's going where what's going to happen and you know there were some people that were just upfront and yeah I'm going here because of this I'm or I'm staying here because of that and and it just it it you know the speculation was what made it fun now at the same time. There were people that really got their butts hurt because of it. And they, you know, they came after you if you they didn't agree with what you said. And, you know, to each his own, but sometimes it's it, it's sometimes you just gotta go, okay, it's 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 fishing, man. It's just fishing. It is. And you know what I say to a lot of people when they whatever it is, you don't ever know what that other person's life is like until you walk in their shoes and you'll be Exactly. So you know, for everybody that made their own decisions, unless you walked in their, their shoes, you really have no business telling them where or what they should be doing. Yeah, I agree. Very true. Um, uh, several years ago, quite a few years ago now, I was a marshal uh, out at Table Rock Lake on an elite uh, tournament. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Polinick I was with, and he introduced me to glide baits. First time I'd ever seen one in action. And uh, that day... He caught all of his fish on a jerk bait until the until he got his limit. Yeah. He's showing you glide baits, but he's using jerk baits. That guy, I'm marking that down just so you know. Yeah, he yeah. The end of his story. Yeah, he got he got his he got his limit on jerk baits, and then he said, "Now it's time to go get my kicker fish." Right. And he broke out that he broke out that Roman made negotiator, and he caught his six pound kicker, and he did great. Well, you know, the BPT format, you know, kind of, I don't see many guys throwing big baits, you know, and I was just curious, uh, what's your strategy there? And do you still throw big swim baits or you, uh, you know, there's a time and a place for those. Uh, we just had had an event for them. You know, if we're on the Tennessee river at a certain time of the year, yes, those things are going to be a factor 100%. Um, a lot of that has to do with the schedule. I mean, you look at some of our events, People would make the red crest if they just catch five, five at every event. All they have to do is catch five scoreable bass, five two-pounders. So 
whatever bait you need to throw to catch five, throw that bait because mm -hmm. that's all it takes to make the red crest is on average is five fish per day, you know, for the entire season. Uh, I know it was that way last year. I really hadn't looked at it this year much, but most generally speaking, you know, that's all it takes. And, and a two pound minimum is a pretty decent fish anywhere you're at. You know, it's, it's a 15, 15, inch, 15 or 15 and a half inch fish. So, uh, you know, to answer your question about big swim baits, there's a time and a place and you'll see one tied on when I feel like that's the right time and place. Lake Fork in February could be the right bait. You never know. Mm -hmm. Do you think, uh, as far as a fun fisherman goes, uh, you think he should waste time on big swim baits or just stick with oh, other yeah, stuff? they're fun. <laughs> you know, you make a lot more casts and maybe not get very many bites, but when you get a bite, it's fun. <laughs> it sure is. Two pounder and you're like, what the heck? My bait weighs two pounds and a two pounder bites it all. Yeah, but no, it, it's absolutely. Heck yeah, especially this time of year. You know, this time of year, where it's the time that some of that, that big stuff, you know, I've got three giant swim baits in my rod box right now for a fishing trip tomorrow. So, Talk about practice. When you get to practice now, what are you looking for? Are you fishing at all? Or are you just nowadays just using your uh, electronics to try to find spots? Or what, what goes on during your, your practice situation now? You know, it's different for every event. You know, if it's a June event, offshore event, yes. it's I'm going to use electronics all day long. Don't really need to make a lot of casts uh, if that's conducive to that, you know, if they're offshore. But, you know, some of the events, like you go to the Mississippi River, you're not going to use your electronics at the Mississippi River. You're going to have to throw that frog in that slop or lily pads or, you know, whatever it may be. You can't find them with your electronics. So uh, still to this day, no matter – where you know it, it just depends on the fishery so you know fisheries conducive to a shallow water bite you're going to be fishing your tail off for two days and covering as much water as you can and and uh, hopefully finding an area or a pattern that's got fish yeah yeah it, it's hard to find to get that pattern that's the whole thing us normal regular anglers are chucking everything in their mother at 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 these fish hoping hoping for pure luck uh, that's what makes y'all so much better than us. Just being on the water, I don't know that we're, you know, it's just, I think we're too stupid to quit. Maybe that's what it is. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, so am I then. <laughs> the, uh, on the St. Lawrence River, that tournament that you won there, uh, you, you were throwing, uh, one of the things you were throwing was a hair jig. Uh, Andy's uh, hair jig, right? Synthetic yep. jig, yes, sir. Yeah, synthetic jig. And uh, I've I've talked with Andy and bought some of his jigs uh, to fish the St. Lawrence, absolutely because you caught them with the with the same bait. I was like, I got to get some of those. You know, that's yeah. the that's the the tackle salesman's dream. Get those guys buying that bait, and I and I have done it, hook, line, and sinker. But I was wondering how often. As a pro fisherman, do you guys seek out and try to find special custom baits to use during the tournaments that maybe somebody else isn't isn't throwing? Um, yeah, I think that's different for each angler. I think there's some guys that maybe spend a lot of time. Um, fortunately for me, I'm with Berkeley, and man, I, I just I love everything they build, and I have confidence in it all. You know, I'm I'm smoking that peace pipe on that Maxent for largemouth, smallmouth. I just I love that stuff. I, I I am I've bought it hook, line, and sinker. Uh, 
So, you know, for me, I'm not on tackle warehouse or bass pro shops, you know, looking at that stuff, Japanese websites, trying to find some hidden gem because I feel like I've always tried to live by the adage, the wrong bait in the right place will catch them. And in my opinion, it's more about finding where those fish are, are at than having a, you know, either a white crankbait or a sexy shad crankbait or a chartreuse and blackback. If I throw that crankbait where those fish are at, generally speaking, there's four or five of them. They're going to compete for that bait coming through there, no matter what color it is. And uh, I just always have tried to live by that. So I'm not sitting there trying to find the next gimmick or not necessarily a gimmick. You know, there's always new baits that come out that are, are uh, important, but uh, they're gonna, I'm going to have to be proven that they're important before I figure them out. I'll read about it or hear you guys talk about it somewhere. Have you tried those, the new, uh, the new bucktails with the, the Mac scent inside the, the, no, tell me where can I get some? Well, they're the with power. They're the power bait ones. You, you got some. A bucktail jig. It's that new power. They put the scent inside the, the, the power, the Mac scent inside the jigs for Berkeley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some of the jigs. Well, I don't have. I got like three. They're not yeah. out yet. But I thought you said a bucktail jig. I well, the, I, jig with Max in it. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you fished those yet? Oh, the jigs? No, I haven't. No, no. They look awesome. They smell awesome. They yeah. smell awesome. Yeah, they do. They <laughs> smell. They I'm got the funk. Them, you know, they just they're behind on getting them to us, but I haven't got them yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean it was a bucktail. I was. It was a jig. I I saw it at iCast. And then uh, Bailey sent me some, and I, I just, I just suck at fishing jigs. Is the problem? I just really, I don't even, I don't even know why. I, I'm so, I'm not confident with it. That I, I, and I see everybody else using them, and and it's, and they're confident with it. So I'm like, I should be doing more of this. Yeah. But confidence has a huge thing in how I fish. So, you know, it is what it is. Steve, I mean, you got to be confident in what you're doing. And, and I tell high school anglers all the time, you know, if you're going to go to a body of water, don't sit there and listen to somebody tell you some wild goose chase. If it's something you've never done before, the one day of practice you have before that, that event is not the time to figure it out or that morning of that event, you know, go, go fish your strengths and, 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 and to, to take that one step further, look at Ott Defoe. He almost wins angler of the year this year. And his boat never gets deeper than, you know, four or five feet all year. Yeah. Crazy. Ott is really, uh, he's a good person, but he's really a good angler. He really is. <laughs> yeah, he really, really uh, I, I, Being on, I was on the boat as a marshal that one, and he made me, he made me look stupid uh, for one day. I, I, he was skipping docks, and I kept telling him, I said, you know, I hate to, I don't want to bust your chops and I know you're on front of the boat, but I am the king of skipping docks. And uh, there was an area about this big and he skipped it in. And I said, okay, you mean everyone has, everybody can do that once in a blue moon. He then switched hands and did it with his left hand. And then I said, okay, now you're just showing off. And he caught a fish in there too. And I'm like, what is going on here? So. Yeah, that's awesome. Jeff Crete did that to me uh, on a when I was uh, fishing an open man. That guy just flat wore me out the whole day. 
It was painful. Very painful. He's, he's yeah. another great angler. You're right about that Mac scent, though. Uh, I fished the St. Lawrence a couple of months ago on an, uh, one of the um, Toyota Series tournaments. And the buddy in my practicing, we were both fishing flatworms. He had Mac scent. I did not. And again, I got whooped. I, I just couldn't believe. I could not believe. It was, it was, it was crazy how well that Mac scent worked. So you're an insider. What's in that Mac scent? Come on, tell us. Hey, they're, they're so proud of that, they don't even patent it, you know, because they feel like if they patent it, I guess to make a patent, you have to tell people what's in it. So they are so confident that that will never be released. There's only three people in the world that know that formula, and uh, they don't even patent it because they it's that good. They, I don't know. No oh, my goodness. It's crazy. What did you think of the April Fool's joke they did about saying they weren't going to? I was, I had smoke coming out of my ears just to tell everybody what about it. Uh, Major League Fishing had made a statement that they were going to ban Maxin. It was that good. <laughs> they had us all on the phone, and, and the VP of, of, uh, of Berkeley of Marketing, John Schlossler, was behind it. And uh, we got even with him, though. Let me just tell you a story how we got even with him. So we're at ICAST, and Berkeley wins this best of show. Bait. And John and the whole Berkeley booth is like on cloud nine, just ecstatic. And uh, we, we get the uh, ICAST director to come up to him, get him to the side and tell him there'd been a miscount in the booth. <laughs> oh, you should have seen it. It the best thing ever. It was like redemption. And uh, it, got, oh, that's it awesome. got so bad, we had to let him know pretty quick. We couldn't let him ride with it very long. But uh, yep. he got us good, but we got him back. Do you know Ken is taking complete credit for them winning with the ghillie? Yep, I'm sure he would. Ken is a, a, a great advocate to help people get to that point. They're actually, I, I might be letting something out of the bag, but there will be a bait color called the Duke. Really? Cool. Ah. Yep. I, that's what he wanted. I mean, it'll, it'll, let's be honest, it won't catch any fish. But it'll be a great writer <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. No better human being than Ken Duke on the face. That's that's our boy, man. There's there is no better person. Hey Edwin, this is a good one. Uh, how proud was he when his son caught his PB? So that story right there for people that don't know, uh, my son doesn't bass fish very much. He's been with me probably five six times and. Uh, Fast forward, I take him down to Falcon, and the only reason he's with me is because my son-in-law and my father-in-law say, hey, let's go have a competition, and I think the, the winner gets to buy the other one a package of Oreo cookies. That's Kay's motivation. <laughs> Oreo we are out there 30 or 45 minutes in this tournament, uh, and the dude catches a 12-1. I've never caught a 12-pounder. I've never caught an 11-pounder on a shaky head on Falcon, got snagged up in a brush ball, gets it out, a 12-1. Holy cow. It was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, that didn't get his juices going and he wants to go fishing again? Not yet. He's still into Legos and dinosaurs. So let's let's just be honest. He's beaten dad. He's never going to fish again. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's funny about this? You know, I, I have a father-in-law, a mother-in-law, a brother-in-law, and now my son, out of five people in the family – 
The only person I have a bigger fish in than is my wife. She's fished three times. And I fish for a living. My mother-in-law's caught a, a, an 1198. My father-in-law's caught a 12.3. Terry caught a 12.2. And my son's caught a 12.1. All legitimate on-scales fish. That wow. is awesome. I beat my wife. Yeah, well, don't tell anybody. Let her win. Yeah. In her whole life. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. I, I I love to hear those kind of stories. Uh, you know, my son swims like a fish, but the the but getting him out there to fish, unless he it, he only will fish with me if he if we use you know sinkos because because he has the patience to just just shake the rod and get bites, and and it's it's always a lot of fun to take him fishing. But we he has a I think Thomas has got a couple eights and nines, but. Nothing, nothing over that. But and guess, ask me what he caught it on. What was it? Berkeley Max hit. Of of course. Jeez, <laughs> of course, of course. There's something of to course. that stuff. I love hearing that. Okay, Mr. Bass. All right. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you is, uh, what do you think of the old kayak craze? I know some of the pros are starting to dabble around in a little bit uh what do you think about kayak fishing i had my very first experience this week fishing out of one um i just got one a uh, 133 ascend from bass pro and uh the first fish i caught was a monster bass and like the second fish was even bigger and it's it's crazy because you're like in the water with them yeah uh, it brings me back to how i started my bass fishing in that in that kick boat uh I don't know. They're pretty cool. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're not primitive. Like, you know, when I was first started fishing with swim fins, I didn't have depth finders. I didn't have spot lock, you know, now these kayaks, they got depth finders. Heck I had Gene, the fluke master Jensen at my house. He's got the active target forward looking sonar. He's got everything power poles on it. I mean, there's just <laughs> you can put on them, but, uh, I can't wait to fish more out of mine. I had an absolute blast, and, and my brain goes 100 thinking of all the places I can get this boat in that I can't get my nitro into. Absolutely. And I think that I think the, the point that you made there at the beginning about you're right on the water. It's oh, yeah. such a different feeling than being in a boat. And I love fishing in my boat, but I've really, really enjoyed kayak fishing as well. I, I felt like I, I heard more sounds, like more fish blowing up or – uh, a little minnow taking off. I don't know if that's true or not, or just the day that I had, but I, I definitely felt like you could hear more. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes sense because if you're down closer to the water, I'm getting really technical here, but it would travel close, you know, the closer I am to the water, the sound's going to travel more than being, you know, eight foot above the water when you're standing on your boat. But, mm -hmm. uh, I got a dog here. Hold on one second. Rex, Rex, hush. Come here. <laughs> He's scared of his own shadow and he'll bark at anything. Sorry. Are you fishing your pond on your property? Uh, oh, I do. Not the other day. Though. Oh, no. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. What did you catch the fish on when you went kayak fishing? Uh, frog and a buzz bait. Frog and a buzz bait. Yeah. It's that time of year. Top water. Really? This is that time. Top water is it right now. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. You know, whopper, plopper kind of thing. That's what I'm kind of figuring. 
So what makes, why do you, I know you've done well here in Florida. I'm just going to ask a question just personally for myself now. Okay. Why, why have you, you don't, I, I want to know why we don't like Florida. Everybody, every pro angler hates Florida, it seems like. Because when you go to Florida, it's just like this bowl. There's no depth change anywhere. It's all the same. You know, coming from the rest of the country, we have normal lakes that have contour lakes. You have a creek channel swing. You have a point. You have rock changes. You have outside grass lines, inside grass lines. You it's a bathtub. It, the bathtub's being nice. That's a pretty steep size. That'd be a lake up north. It's... It's a pie plate, what it is. It, it when when you when you have something like that, how hard is it to figure out what the fish are doing? Well, you just pray and hope you put the right bait on, and you try to cover as much water as you can, and and they'll show themselves on that bait. You know, again, I feel like it's back to an area. I feel like in Florida, so many of the times, you got to find that area where they're at. At heavy hitters, you were in that area. You kind of went through the area and then needed to come back at Sykes Creek. Yeah, you're right. I, I went way past it because when I went in there, there's people fishing the mouth. I'm like, I'm going to go way up past it. So I, I didn't want to impede on their water. And uh, I'd been up way past it before earlier in my career and uh, caught fish up there. There's a couple little backwater deals up there. and They weren't there when I went in there. So I have just a story I have to tell. So day one of heavy hitters on Toho, we were following uh, Edwin to take a bunch of pictures for tackle web stuff. So I don't even remember the guy's name. He threw up a drone and then started following you. And I think he caught, you caught one fish and you showed us and then he zoomed it straight up. So in the middle of, of, I don't even know what it was. You must've said, I wish that drone would just leave. <laughs> and Marcella, who was in the boat behind you, calls me and says, whatever you do, get that drone out of here because he doesn't like it. And I'm like, this ain't even my drone. I'm on the wrong boat. I'm like a mile away from him. Yep. So we brought the drone back and I was like, okay, if I said to that camera guy, don't put the drone up from now on. We'll just follow him from a distance. Way in the air. You think about what is a bass's only predator? A bird, yes. It is. And I'm telling you, when they get that thing 20 feet on the water, I, I promise you. How many bass have you caught with spikes in there, you know, where birds actually hit them before, you know? I, I didn't even think of that, but I know I yelled at I yelled at that guy like something else. I mean, I just took all my frustration out on him. I'm glad you did. Thanks, man. <laughs> and Marcella was pissed at me. I'm like, I don't, I'm not even doing anything, man. I'm just an excuse. All fishermen need an excuse. That's why I didn't catch him at every. <laughs> That's why you're not <laughs> it's, it's all that guy's fault. That's right. Okay. Yeah, when I, I heard you talking on another podcast about the um, BPT format, only two days of practice, and how you got to find fish fast. And uh, it made me uh, think, uh, what's the secret there uh, for, for guys that really don't have a lot of time to find fish? Uh, how, how can we find fish faster? What, what can you do to find fish, locate fish quickly? You know, one, you got to have confidence in, in whatever you're going to be trying to do. But for me, like in, in, in the Bass Pro Tour, if you look back through all the success, uh, it's the high percentage areas. You know, cover as many high percentage areas as you can. It's not a time to go find a hidden gem 
you know, you do that when you have multiple, multiple days of practice, you know, leading up to it, or you do that in a 30 day off limits. It's if you have two days on a body of water, you hit all the high points, as many of them as you can in those two days. Isn't it hard though, when you're on those practice days to not put something on and want to just fish and cast and instead of just kind of driving around looking for points on the electronics? Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. It is like, yeah, but like, the event I won at Lake Erie, I probably didn't catch two fish in the whole practice, maybe three. And, and Kentucky Lake, the event I won there is the same way. It's it's really hard to do. But when they're offshore, like what like those events, and they're going to be offshore, you have to find them with your electronics. Because at the end of the day, I might find 10 spots by idling. If I'm fishing, I might only find one or two. It just takes that long to fish until they're in the water. Yeah. Okay, we're getting close here as far as time goes. We obviously don't want to keep you all night. But this is one question we ask all of our pro anglers on here. This is a very important question. In bass fishing, does color matter? Uh, I think You're going to hear it from the pro. I, I We heard it last time. I think, I think uh, there are certain instances that it has an effect. Yes. Uh, the clearer the water, the more of an effect it has, let's say, on a, a top water or a hard bait. Uh, and, 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 and in dirty water, I think it, it's more about the hue of the color or maybe two colors or a flash. You know, so many times, you know, you'll have a, a dark side and a light side to a plastic bait. Uh, but again, kind of back to that statement, if you're fishing where the fish are, it's not going to be overly important if it's green pumpkin or green pumpkin purple flake or, or, you know, whatever. They're going to bite it. See? Okay. Yeah, I think he answered it toward. I think I think I got the right answer that time. I think you're full of it. <laughs> <laughs> I awesome. think uh, awesome. there is instances that it matters, <clears throat> and then there's instances that it doesn't. In muddy water, stained water, no, it's not a big deal. Uh, in clean, clear water, yes, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, make sure you go to Edwin's channel, subscribe, uh, like, follow him, do all that stuff. The YouTube channel is phenomenal. But more importantly, we need to thank his major sponsors, Bass Pro Shop, Optima Batteries, the greatest battery, by the way, on the face of the earth. Thank you, Steve. I I've been with Optima for I don't even know how many years. I love those guys. General Tire, Lawrence, Berkeley, Mercury, Power Stop. Is it Z21? Because that's the boat. Nitro. Yep. Yeah, True Timber, Wiley X, Built, Andy, Custom Bass Lures. <laughs> By the way, how incredible after you won the Classic did that? That guy made millions after you won with his thing. <laughs> he did. I did not see any of it. What? Didn't he sell that? Didn't he sell the, the company after it? He didn't. He still did. Okay. Andy's a good dude. <laughs> C-Map, so Lunacy, and most importantly, Tackle Webs clear the deck for battle. Right on. Hey, hey Edwin, before you go, what's your favorite Berkeley hard bait and soft bait? Oh, wow. Uh, I love their square bull crankbait. It's called a square bull. It's their square bill crankbait. It's, you know, that was one of those things I was super nervous about. Um, as a bait because it's such a big part of your arsenal you just throw a square bill crankbait so much of the time throughout the year and i love theirs i think it's 
way better than anything I ever had before. I can't believe I never threw it. Uh, and then as far as their, their soft bait, my all-time favorite is just the Pit Boss. You know, Skeet designed it. It's just a neat, neat flipping bait. Uh, I just, I got a lot of confidence in it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, thank you for the time. You know, I love you. I always tell you, I love you. I love you too, man. Thank you so much. Say hi to the family for me, please. Okay, I will. We're going to be pulling for you next year. It's going to be a great season. You're going to do amazing things. Hey, Red Crest is that grand. Oh, sweet. You got that locked up then. That, oh, yeah. Nice. By the way, let me just let me just say, that's going to be the reason why Tackle Web goes to Grand for the Red Crest. You need to get them here. I called her and tell her she's got to come, and she wouldn't come. No, I think there's there's been a slight change of how we're thinking because they have been saying, I'm not saying who they are, but they're like, this. Edwin has a good chance to win that Red Crest. He could bring the trophy to the booth. And now we're starting to think yeah. maybe this is a good idea. I tried to tell her. Yeah, we. She and I talked about it on the way home today. So, so yes, thank you. And Everybody good luck. be sure to check out Edwin's YouTube channel. If you have not checked it out, you got to go check that thing out. Subscribe. It's a great, great stuff. Great content. Thank yeah, the best, dude. Thank you very much for the time. Appreciate you having me on. You all have a great evening. You too, dude. Later. Now we got to do our graphic deal here. Sorry, folks. We're not. There we go. Man. Well, that was fun. Dude, how how great is that guy? Oh, he's awesome. Awesome. I mean. Great. We didn't. We forgot to talk about the pecans. Right. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Uh, we'll ha we can oh, have. Mm, to be honest, he'll come on anytime we want to. He, he's just that good of a person. Uh, you know, I, I, I mispronounced one thing and everyone started, and, and what's his name? He's jumping down my throat about jigs or whatever, bucktails, whatever. I, I, I got a million questions in my head. Give me, give me a break, man. <laughs> the love of God. It is it is harder to do this than it probably looks. I mean, you're, you're going through your questions and you're going through, stuff's going through your mind and it is easy to kind of. And let me just say, is, is, it, is it Caro? Caro's more, she, she gets more attention than we do. Yeah, she's pretty I, awesome. Uh, so let her have it. She, she's asking good questions too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think Fishing from Gramps was was on here. I don't know if he's still on here. Uh, and we, we kind of mentioned uh, Luke's. Uh, if you don't know, Luke Dunk does a fantastic podcast. Yeah. Uh, Luke kind of called out. Uh, he called us out. Called us YouTubers out. We will never, ever be pro fishermen. Not in yeah. a million years. Not in a million years. It's never going to happen. I would like to talk about this, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I agree with, I'll be honest, I agree with Luke. Yeah, I'm, I'm with him on this. I don't really disagree. I think the the you know the problem with with any kind of a statement like this is it's just a stereotypical throw everybody in a bucket statement. And I can guarantee you there is a YouTuber out there that can and probably will someday make it in the pro fishing world. 
but he is, I, th- I think, you know, if, if you kind of look at the Googans, that's kind of, you know, they're, they're the most famous fishing YouTubers out there on the planet. And uh, we know one in particular who is fishing a pro circuit right now. Mm-hmm. And he's struggling. He's struggling. Having a, he sucked. He's having a very tough time. The, he's flat out stunk. Um, and, and I'm not saying I was, I wanted to see him succeed. I, uh, Rob was really nice to me when I met him. I was surprised. I actually thought he was going to come across really, uh, like, you know, narcissistic and just had wanted nothing to do with anybody. But to be honest, he was very upfront and honest and nice and humble. And I was really surprised. It was, it was really surprising to me, but, uh, you know, I think, and I'm not speaking for Luke at all. I think it takes a different breed of 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 person to have you to have that competitive fire and yeah. to be able to learn and still be able to become a pro. Um, we've had some people have seen Milliken could go pro, maybe. Um, but you, when you're around pro anglers, it's a lot different than us average angler and that's yeah. i'm calling myself an average angler yeah 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 I, I i heard someone say on uh, one of the shows uh this week that professional anglers who do it for a living are a different breed they are the professional anglers who are successful mm-hmm. are a different breed there's some that attempt to be successful mm-hmm. and they do their best but yeah. getting to the level of Edwin Evers and Jacob Wheeler, or even just making your money back, yeah. is really, really tough. It is. It is tough. And uh, it's not just only, you know, no offense to the NPFL. Those those guys, a lot of those guys are not named, no-name anglers. And I'm not talking about Keith Carson and soak up and those guys there's they've got a handful of anglers that are flat out studs yeah but there's a lot of guys on there that are not and that you don't when when stuff is on the line and you need to make a check to get home yeah you you will fish completely different than what you do on a fun day of fishing absolutely and you know the difference uh edwin said it at the beginning when you asked him the question about how'd you get in fishing tournament fishing and stuff like that and he said he talked about the struggle he talked about only having 35 bucks in his pocket he talked about living on peanut butter and jelly rob turkla started tournament fishing after he's always already got millions yes literally millions from from guggen so there's no financial pressure on him at all uh there's no struggle really and I can see a guy who says, I got the money. I can go buy me an RV. I can sign up for all the tournaments. I can go get me a brand new boat. I can go do this. And then when it gets hard, pff, screw this. This isn't, this isn't for me. I don't, it, it, you know, th- there's no financial motivation for him to succeed or fail. Either way, it doesn't matter. Brian wrote, so he sucked. Does that mean he came in last place on every event? He didn't come in last place, but he... In, in overall in the NPFL, I think he finished like 68 through 72nd in uh, in overall in Angler of the Year points. He 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 made two checks all year in six events for NPFL, 
and then he also fished a bunch of opens. And and I think what he apparently walked to, off. Of, he apparently walked off of a tournament or two. Didn't finish as well. Yeah, right? two events. He didn't. He actually was because he didn't in that last event. He didn't catch a fish over two days that that was that was qualified to be, you know, you know, probably he probably caught a bunch of fish, but they were shorts. And he got up and just left, and yeah. it, it showed a lot of. I the only time, the only time I remember that happening is a couple of years ago. Who was that when those two guys were leading the tournament, and they were fighting over? Uh, I think it was a ledge fishing tournament, and they were both kind of fighting over one spot. I think it was an FLW tournament, uh, like three, four years ago, and one of the guys that was actually leading just got mad, packed up loaded up his boat and left and he literally was leading the tournament. Do you guys remember that? Who who was that? I don't I don't know. I know that Rob left at least one tournament early and you know, you fish for 3 days. I mean, you have a rough day, but you still unfortunately and, and you suck it up. I can understand, you know, you get so mad that you're just you're frustrated and you just get up and leave. But unfortunately, Turkula is one of or might be the biggest draw for NPFL um, because he has millions of, of yes, subscribers. Absolutely. And, and yeah. you know, he paid his money and technically he, if he doesn't want to fish, then he, sh yeah. he, he can get up and leave whenever he wants, but it just shows yeah. a little bit of immaturity and it shows a lack of respect for the other anglers too. And that uh, that's where I think Luke got really upset about it. And he didn't, Luke didn't really call out, yeah, he didn't mention his name. His name, but I mean, there was we only knew who, one. We knew who he was talking about. Yeah, and but. he said, and, and Luke said, you know, uh, the anglers want to be YouTubers, and the YouTubers want to be professional anglers. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like ra doing radio. You want to be the band. You want to be in the band. Yeah. But the band doesn't want to do that. They want to be the radio host because they don't want all the problems that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, I I give I give Luke a lot of credit for being not calling him out, but at the same time, um, Booster, Booster says he was having head issues, P PTSD, according to Turkle's latest video. Maybe, and if that's the case, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, a turn you can, a tournament can really rattle your cage at times if you're doing bad. I mean, it, it 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 can just wipe you out. Uh, how many times have like how many times have you went fishing, and out of out of nowhere, you're having a bad day? You just go, okay, I'm done. After a couple yeah. hours, heck yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, forget this. I'm this, gone. I've done it many times. Yeah, yeah, I have too. Uh, and and but so I think taking uh, taking that specific incident. And then making the leap and saying, no YouTuber could ever be a pro angler. Not ever. I think that's a little extreme. <laughs> yeah, because really, uh, I've fished with some guys that, uh, I'll be honest, I, Booster will outfish me any day of the week. Uh, there, are, I fished with a lot of people that uh, I think could could possibly be a you know if if circumstances were right and they had the right financial backing they could become a pro angler now will they be successful i don't know but they could do it i mean i've i i fished with brandon card for three days and brandon said to me 
you should you should try this. You have the fire. And I'm like, mm-hmm. the problem with me is, is if I, I don't want to take the fun out of fishing for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the fun more than yeah. the competitiveness of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that's where you have to draw the line. But uh, yeah, if you, if, I enjoy fishing tournaments. You know, I fish tournaments every year for fun, but I'm not trying to be a pro fisherman. Yeah. You know, that's not, that's not going to be, that's not on my life plan. You know, it's just not, uh, but not everybody that fishes tournaments has a goal to be a professional fisherman. Yeah. And, and uh, so being a pro fisherman, it, it is interesting. I have no doubt. I mean, there is going to be a YouTuber that does it someday and does it successfully. And YouTube, if you start out YouTube as at, at a young age and you realize the growth of that, of what it ha- that you have to have, and you have the patience to have the hard times when you have the good times, because quite honestly, doing YouTube is, is really a pain in the ass. Uh, and you don't make a lot of money on this. I mean, really you don't make barely anything. Um, but if you get at it at a young age, then you have that growth time that you can do. And when you get older and you want that opportunity or you have that opportunity, I definitely could see it. Uh, okay. It was that tournament I was talking about. Gregory Whitaker's put up there. It was Lambert and Haynes. And, okay. uh, they were both on a, a, a spot together. Lambert was basically in that spot and Haynes came up on him. And Haynes basically said, this is my spot. I fished this. This is my spot. And Lambert was like, look, I'm here. This is, I'm fishing it. And Haynes was laying in the tournament, I think, at the time. And uh, finally, they both kind of, you know, kind of fought for position there for a little while. And then eventually, eventually he pulled up stakes and he didn't just quit fishing there. He loaded his boat and left the tournament. And, and this was a hundred and twenty or a hundred or hundred and twenty five thousand dollar tournament that he was leading. Ooh. He, just, he just packed up and left. Yeah. Uh like the guy said, there's gonna be a kid that grows up doing YouTube at, at that point. I think I think what Luke was saying right now, uh no offense to the Guggen guys, I think he was kind of saying they're not gonna Yeah. What they have, they're they don't get into that, but you never know. I mean, uh, I, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the, the podcast. I, I think, you know, uh, Brian, I don't, I don't agree with Guggen's brought more young anglers into the sport than maybe anybody. I don't, I don't agree with that, uh, because they do a lot of stuff that just really doesn't have anything to do with the sport. Uh, but they, they have brought people in. The most? No, I don't. I don't think so. Bill Dance has is a bigger. Bill Dance is a bigger name than the Guggen guys uh, in the industry. And the and the problem that you have to remember is the Guggen kids are bringing in a, a group of kids that don't buy baits. Uh, they still have to rely on their parents to buy them rods and reels and all that other stuff. Uh, their their audience isn't really uh, is a little bit younger than than what you might think. All right, so uh, several guys have mentioned, man, your live live frog pond fishing video. Uh, oh yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. So we got to talk about that because that was that was fairly popular. I didn't. I I wish I could see the comments and and uh, and see what was going on. I had a lot of. I, I enjoyed it. 
there was one great comment that said, man, that uh, muck boot and short look is awesome. <laughs> I am flat out redneck. I am, I don't, you want, I, I'm going to tell, I'm going to give you a little insight. When I go over to that pond, I don't even wear shoes. I don't bring shoes with me. I just wear my socks. Really? really? And then I just, uh, I put them in the back of the car, hop out. And then, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, Shannon Kirby, uh, mentioned it. He texted me and said, you know, you, you do these shorts. Why don't you bring us with us? What I should have done is I, I didn't make the camera go horizontal, which I, I didn't even think of. Oh yeah. 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 And I, and I should have, cause you could have seen what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I, I had fun doing it. I will say I almost, I almost slipped like twice and I would have, it would have been priceless if I fell in the mud that was going on there. Probably uh, would have been. And I, and I really did, I didn't have that great of a day. I think I only caught four or five and I think I missed seven. So uh, one of the things I ask, cause I'm not a Florida guy is what about gators, man? There's no gators down there. Uh, I'll text you on that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's no gators anymore uh, in that pond. Okay. Uh, they okay. We, we removed one. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Okay. Okay. I mean, we removed it. It it is in another pond down the street, and uh, you know, you don't. I don't. I think if when you come down here, you'll realize. Uh, the gators are gators. You don't worry about too much when you go fishing. Um, really? I, you really don't. I mean, you can crack them over the head with your rod and then they won't see you and they won't come near you again. Huh. Um, well, I, I did, I did fish the Everglades a few years ago and yeah. literally the gators were everywhere and yes. they, they came after you. They, 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 I mean, they really were aggressive. Yeah, I think the further south you get, maybe that happens a little bit more. The gators here in central Florida, they they don't – I'm more worried of that. We have – in that property, we have a giant rattlesnake, and we need to get rid of it. We really need to get rid of it because yeah. it's been in a spot where uh, the kids play, and it's probably five and a half or six foot long. Wow. So we've been bringing, um, like I, I didn't show you, but I had the shotgun with me uh, when I was there oh, the other day. Okay. I got a buddy that's a gator hunter, and his name's T-Roy Broussard, and he was on that show, Swamp People, or whatever whatever the show was called where they went and hunted alligators. And he's a, he's a fisherman, and uh, the way I met him was fishing an open, and uh, he was the pro and I was the co-angler. And uh, it was a BASS open down at uh, the his home lake down in Texas. Uh, what's the name of that? So it's a river system right down there on the Louisiana-Texas border. But, oh, yeah. Uh, he took me back in some crazy, gnarly stuff. It's back where he hunts for gators. And we caught, we had a great day of fishing. But... Uh, He's uh the the gator season just ended and he's posted a bunch of pictures of gators that he he got this year. Yeah. I don't I don't like I said I don't really worry about gators anymore. I if I see them uh Yeah, Sabine, you're right, Booster. Yes, he's always right. Uh 
uh, you know, if you see them, then you're all right. I mean, a lot of times if in, at that, in the places I go fish, they'll go after your topwater frogs and your topwater yeah. baits. Mm-hmm. So usually you'll see, you'll know where they are right off the bat. Um, in the frog pond, really more or less, I'm just worried about now that I know that there's snapping turtles in there, I'm worried about the snapping turtles because I do, I used to walk through there a lot in bare feet. Oh yeah. And uh, that rattlesnake. And that's really, really it. And, and, and really that pond has in the last year has really, um, we, we've put a lot of forage fish. We put a lot of bluegill in there. I mean, a lot of bluegill in there. So uh, the fish were all probably less. I told you the other day, they're probably 10 to 12 inches. And now we're seeing, um, we're seeing some 14, 15, 16 inch fish because there's a lot more to eat in there. And that's oh, good. That is good. Uh, no booster. I did not see that. That would be wild. Catch a bass, pull it up on the bank and have a gator come and steal it from you along with your rod. <laughs> that wouldn't be very fun. Uh, uh, well, it, I will say when it's April, uh, then I don't, I don't, <laughs> April is like the, the, the mating season for, for alligators, then you, you need to worry about it. And there, there actually is a video. If you did a YouTube search for like top five, uh, encounters with a, an alligator, there's one of them that shows the alligator coming up onto the, uh, in, out of the water and into like this little wooded area. Yeah. And if you ever look it up, that, that gator we call ninja. Because that is where we go tarpon and snook fishing. That's where my buddy Paul McGinnis got his got bit, and the the gator took his his foot, and he got stitches all the way around, and had to cross the this thing, and uh, and that gator is unbelievably protective, and it will it will get in the water in this tannic water and and sink down, and you'll fish. And then out of nowhere, you'll look down and it'll be right there on top of you. Oh, my goodness. And he will follow, as you walk out of there, he will follow you onto land and and kind of sort of charge at you. Jeez. And it's in a protective, uh, it's in Merritt Island. I don't want to say exactly where because it's a beautiful place to catch tarpon and snook. Ah. Beautiful place. But... You, the first snook or the first tarpon you catch, as soon as it jumps and, and smacks the water, that gator comes charging after you. And we, we call him, we do, we call him ninja. And we've told the Merritt Island thing, this is an aggressive gator. He's not afraid of us. Someone's feeding him or done something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's not, he, he comes after us. And they will not get rid of it because it's, uh, it's a wildlife refuge. And they tell us, just don't fish there. And you're like, (laughs) in all honesty, uh, you want to fish at this spot uh, because the snook and the tarpon are everywhere. It's a beautiful place to fish. But Ninja has has scared all – I mean, no lie. I've caught a tarpon, brought it in, unhooked it, put it back in, and as I put it back in, that gator was in within an arm length of me. Oh man! And you you can't see him, and then you back up into the woods and start walking away, and he comes out and walks that bank at you. 
And then yeah, you're like, not oh, cool. Shit. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. And he's bit he's bit a person too. He bit Paul McGinnis. Yeah, you would so, think after it bit a person that they would do something about that. But he, he was he was 10 foot when he bit Paul. Wow. He's probably pushing 12, 13 right now. Interesting. You know, uh, not to change subjects, but I'm going to change the subject here. Uh, it's kind of funny how uh, we ask every, po every pro this question about does color matter? And they all pretty much say the same thing. They say, well, maybe deep water or maybe clear water. Sometimes it matters. But definitely not in dark water. It doesn't matter. And a lot of times, if you find, like you said tonight, a lot of times if you find the fish, they're they're gonna you know what are, any color will work. But go back and look at these guys, and every last one of them talks about while they're trying to sell their lures. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. You, you've got to have this big shad. Yes. You got to have this green gizzard shad. You got to have this root beer shad. You got to have this, you know, on and on and on about this critical color you've got to have. And uh, I think it's very interesting. We've pretty much asked every pro and they've all pretty much said the same thing. It, so. it, they it, really, they have to be sales people. Of course they do. Yeah. Uh, and you want to, you don't see, yeah. In, in this industry, um, you only get a spike in in sales of a lure if the if that person is leading or winning. So that spike can be like we mentioned it I, I, that Andy custom bass lures. I was yeah. under the impression I read an article that said after he after uh, Edwin won the the classic that. Andy's custom lures sold like a million and a half dollars worth of, of jigs yeah. over a month. And he could not make, he couldn't make enough them fast of enough. That's true. He could not make them fast enough. Yeah. I don't know it, how many, I don't know how many he sold actually, but winning that tournament and, and he's still selling jigs, yeah. air jigs because of that tournament. And that, I don't know how many years ago that tournament was, but it was quite 2016. a while. Yeah. 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 That that's the one thing years ago that was one of the things that really interest interested me because I, I was I had uh, I had always thought, is it really worth having no offense to anybody, uh a pro staff, uh, a professional angler on your pro staff? Because if they don't win, they never really there's never really a spike in your sales for lures while they, oh. they might have some, you might, they might have sometimes where, you know, it's never a drastic spikes. I guess that's the best way to put it okay. unless they win a tournament. And, and really years ago, some of these guys were making on lure stuff. Some of them were getting 50, $60,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of, a lot of baits to sell. Okay. So here's the question then. Why? sponsor professional fishermen at all because quite frankly look at the uh bpt this year how many tournaments did they have eight something like that six maybe six, six or seven six six seven eight i don't know wheeler won at least three of them yeah uh so you take 
he's the one. He's won three. Now you're down. If there were six, now you're down to three other tournaments. There's only going to be three other pros that win that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, how many's in the field now? Is it a hundred? Is it eighty-eight? 80, I think eighty. 90? I think. Say there's eighty in the field. That means seventy-six uh, of them did not win at all this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying. Without a win, you're not really going to see a spike in sales. So, what what's the motivation? What I mean, they're not stupid marketing people. There's got to be some reason why they're hitching their wagon to the pro fishermen. I mean, Randy Randy Blockett talks about the rat boat. The rat boat's one of the most amazing ways to sell product of anything out there. Well, on the road, yes, but do you? In all honesty, you think Randy is. I don't know Randy. Do you think Randy, one of his his sponsorships, he's ever he's ever had a bunch of people buy his bait, buy a bait because he talked about it? I don't know. Uh, I know. I'm trying to think. I know one of his sponsors is he's been with uh, Mega Bass for like 25 years. Um, but he, there, he says he was involved in helping design the Vision 110. He talks a lot about the Vision 110. Uh, I've probably bought a. Uh, I have I have several. Yeah, I've bought several as well. I'm just wondering. I'm just trying to remember if I've ever bought one based on something he said. Have you uh, other other than think about some of the past winners and what what they've used? Didn't you buy the Maxent after seeing yeah. all these guys whoop them? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, w- yeah. What what other lures? I mean, at, let, I'd love to know everybody else on the comments what. If you, because that guy that's in 80th place who comes up and goes, oh, you know, I caught it on this bait, this hyperlastic. I don't even know what yeah. the hell this is. And he's in 80th place. Do you honestly, does your brain go, oh, well, he he didn't wreck him, but that's the bait he used. Well, You're, you say an average person goes, I'm not using If you didn't catch him on this, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Well, years ago when I was – what, I'll just put it this way. When I, no, was I don't less, even know why I don't know that bait's name. <laughs> uh, but years ago when I was less knowledgeable, I did have a tendency when somebody, when a, when a pro was saying, I want them on this or one on that, I'd say, oh, that looks interesting. And I'd go look at it and I might buy it. Uh, now that I've got years under my belt, the first thing I say to myself is, okay, well, was he really throwing that bait even at all? Uh, the good thing about the good thing about the cameras is you can usually tell that now, but a lot of times you can't still. So that's the first question. The second question is, he was fishing in Florida, man. That's got nothing to do with where I fish. Uh-huh. The fishing's 180 degrees different in Florida than it is here in Missouri. Yes. So why would I buy that bait? Doesn't make any sense at all. So first, you got to put all the conditions and the water type and the fish type and everything together and make the decision. Will that work where I fish? And then you got to go back and say, all right, yes, it will work where I fish. Is it any any different than the, you know, maybe he's pushing a spinnerbait. Is it any different than the other 400 spinnerbaits I already have? Will it give me an edge or give me something different than the other guys who are throwing spinnerbaits? If I can find something completely different that I think might help me, I might buy it. But uh, I've almost gotten to the point where when they start to say, this was the magic lure that won it all for me. I, don't, I just like, oh, whatever. That's, uh, you can like Guggen 
you know, not like Guggen to each his own by all means. But they're the Guggen soft plastics. I know they've changed them. They sucked. They might have caught fish and you saw them in the videos. But the truth is, and some people need to realize this, you can do a lot of things with Adobe Premiere to edit something to make it look better. And I'm not saying they've done that at all. But when well, the bait dies after one fish, not then, only that, then you've got to look at it a little bit differently. Here's another thing you can do as well. John B. used to do it all the time. Turkle used to do it all the time. They would have one pond yeah. down, down behind their house that they fished every day. They knew that pond inside and out. It was loaded with fish. They could take any lure down there and catch something with it. And you would say, man, he's so good. Look how good he is. And yeah, well. I am going to spoil a lot of people right now. The man I call daddy, not my real dad, Bill Dance. I call him daddy. Does not fish anything but private ponds. Every fish he's caught in the last 15 years is on a private pond that is nobody else can go fish. It is yeah. stocked. It is private. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. I've seen the Google guys go to one place a million times and they wreck them. There's nothing worse than trying to create a TV show and not being able to catch fish that day, you know? Imagine so, what would have happened the other day when I did that live that live video and I didn't and it, all you would have heard me do was complain and bitch about me not catching fish if I didn't catch them. I go over to that frog pond, I know for a fact I'm catching fish. I know for a fact. Right. Now and and, and that's just how it is. Now do yeah. I stock it? No. But you know it is what it is. Adobe Premiere is horrible. DaVinci Resolve 17 is way better. Maybe, but I know, no offense, Fishing the Southeast, they edit, they edit the Marvel movies in Adobe Premiere. I don't know if you know that, but to each his own, but Adobe Premiere is pretty fantastic. How about that? Mike Buka's big break on Swimbait Magazine was a Georgia DNR 10-pound shocked bass that he hung his bullshit on. That sounds like the old Mike Long snagging scandal. Oh, Bass Box and Outdoors gave us some money. Holy cow. Gave you money because you didn't even let me, you didn't even send me the thing so I could put this on my channel today, by the way. I sent it to you. No, I didn't. You didn't. Yeah, I did. It's all right. The only bait worth buying is the ones you know how to fish. I'm guilty of buying what I, uh, yeah, everybody is, to be honest. That's a great, a great comment. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with it, to tell you no, the truth. No, confidence is everything in fishing. Somebody wrote, works? somebody wrote on there how I don't know how to fish a, a, a jig. I know how to fish a jig. I know very well how to fish a jig. I am not successful with it. Thus, why am I going to use something I'm not successful and confident in? Not only that, try fishing a, a grass-infested pond like the one you were fishing the other night with a jig. That's Exactly. That's not very smart at all. Swim jig, maybe. But, yeah. Uh, the Buka baby bat, the Buka bullshit is one of the greatest baits on, on the It field. is amazing. It's fantastic. It, 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 there is something magical about that lure that uh, I wish. Uh, and I've, I've, I've tried to, to, I wanted to have uh, him on the show, but he is, do you know anything about him? He's, uh, no. he's deaf. Oh, is he? 
so he can't hear you. So, oh. and here's Texan. But Steve, can you fish a RoboWorm? No, no, I can't. Fish a <laughs> we I, know he can't. He can't even find a RoboWorm. I don't even know where they are. Yeah, I, I'm what's a That's one of those new high high tech baits that. Uh, He's never had access to. The poor guy has no access to real baits. <laughs> <laughs> I have taken more grief on that uh, that robo worm than anything. Man, you have. I, I actually have some of them. I, I, I am going to shock everyone, but I was uh, – I've been fishing a Ned setup lately with a robo worm. I'm telling hey. you, Florida would be a great place to fish a robo worm. And uh, I mean, if you fish Cinco's, a robo worm will flat out do work in the same spot that a Cinco will. Yeah. Well, you want to know the, the one thing I like about a Cinco is I like to skip it into where, uh, you know, where some some areas that I like. So well, you know, they it. do make uh, they do make a fat robo worm. Yeah, the fat's still not as fat as a Cinco, but it would probably be better for skipping if you wanted to try to skip a robo worm. Yeah. Yeah. So the robo worm fishing, I guess uh, fishing the Southeast must, uh, must use Da Vinci resolve 17 to edit his stuff. Apparently he does. Cause he's really slamming, uh, premier premier as, as a person who does graphics for a living, Adobe has done things that literally change. Cause I, I use Adobe illustrator and Photoshop I'd use Illustrator to redraw uh, logos and to do logos. And Photoshop is, uh, I was certified Photoshop 25 years ago. I was one of 800 people that passed this Photoshop test. So Premiere just worked right in my wheelhouse. So does, but I use, but I use Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign all day, every day. So that's why I, I am a Premiere Pro person. But to each his own. You're a Premiere Pro snob. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just. You know, it's just I'm a snob about everything. He's not going to change. He's, he's, you know, so that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Boy, uh, Edwin was, it was fun to have him on. Uh, oh. His sound was a little low. His sound was a little low. So I'm going to have to go on post there and see if I can't bump it up somehow. Yeah. But, I don't know what, do you want to announce who we have next week officially already? Heck yeah. Why not? Might that's as well. Nothing. I mean, someone asked for him, didn't they? They did. Last? Someone asked and said, I want that guy, and you made it happen, Steve. Wait a minute. Don't tell anybody. Let's have people guess who that person is. Do we yeah. have something we can give them? Uh, yeah, we, can, we sure we got something we can give them. We got uh, something here. I got all kinds of stuff around here we can yeah, give them. I got a bunch of crap, too. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Uh, let's see if I, of course, trying to find something handy and close. I got something handy and close. Hold on. Okay. Speaking of handy and close, I've got a couple of boxes I wanted to show you guys tonight. Okay. So the person can either have this mystery tackle box pro that has mystery tackle box. And then it's, uh, it's the... The pro the pro box is a good box, man. That's about. Well, this is from a, baits. This is from a few weeks ago, okay. or a few months ago. But it also has the bio bait strike king takeover in it. Oh, or wow, they can that, have that thing's loaded. 
Bass Baits Monthly February Monster Bash Monster Bass March 2021. You can have either one. They both have two months in it. Dude, that's a that's that's kind of a hard choice right there. Uh, those are I two mean, excellent. Those are two excellent boxes. Al Lindner, huh? Bill Dance. So we should. I should Bebo. mention Bill Dance is going to be on here soon, but we're gonna ha we are pre-recording that one. Gotcha. For right, sure. So, so we got guesses here. We got uh, Milliken. We got uh, Fat Cat. Fat Cat. I don't even know Milliken. I know. <laughs> let me just restate that. I know of Milliken. I don't have a way to contact him, but I'd love to have him on. David Nubus. We just had Wheeler on a couple weeks ago, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Bill Dance, Justin Royal, Rick. R Rick. Rick. Uh, no, I had that 45-minute conversation <laughs> two yeah. Mondays ago. I'm not having. I'm not redoing that one. Carol, KVD, that would be fun. Seth Fighter. Fishing the oh. Southeast. Come on on. Bill Dance, Kyle Welcher. Hot Debo. Oh, I could get – you want to know? I know Jeremy Wade. Do you want to – I could have him call. Oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, Fish in the Southeast, Ott Defoe, Seth Fighter, Bass Geek, Bill Dance, Jeremy Wade, Debo. Nobody's guessed it yet. I could get Black Tip H, too. And John Cruz and Scott Martin. Fish in the Southeast wants to come on. So which one should they get? Should they get the Bass Bait Monthly? Where did I write that? I thought, oh. we, were gonna, I thought we were going to let them choose. Yeah. Tackle Junkie, Black, Black Tip. Boy, those guys have got a massive channel. Clun, Cruz, Walters, Martin, Burley, Roland Martin. Wow, nobody's guessed it yet. Wheeler. Had Wheeler on just a few weeks ago. I don't know. Matthew's saying I don't know. That's a good guess. Aaron Martins, Rick Clun, Jimmy Houston. Gramps. You and Roland Martin could talk about hunting. I'm you want to know what I don't even know who that is. Who whatever one someone picks, Chris Hill. they That's get the other good. one. That's Chris Hill. Oh, All right, so Chris, hilarious. you won a prize. Congratulations. That is uh, hilarious. Not Kyle Welcher. We could get we can Kyle come on. Neil Zaldane, Canterbury. I don't know Canterbury. Two. Zaldane, we Talk do know. Nito. That would be fun. Although Gramps. I'm trying to Trying to understand him, I would have a challenge there. So let me just say say something. I I, I would really, really, really like to have Aaron Martins on. I'd really like, but yeah. I'm going to be brutally, brutally honest. I'm scared I'm going to get emotional because he still isn't in good health. And I don't want to, I don't ever want to say goodbye to Aaron. Yeah. And I'm yeah. scared that if we do it, that it's like saying goodbye to him, and it'll it'll kill me, man. It'll it'll hurt bad. Um, yeah. you know, Aaron yeah. and I have it's really I, sad. He's he's just such an amazing person and an incredible angler. I, I uh I text Aaron every week and tell him I love him. Every week I tell him I love him. Um, so. I could get Martin on from Duck Dynasty too. Martin and I are friends. Well, nobody's guessed it yet. Ike, no, John. Oh, John, we should have John Cox on. Yeah, we we really should. On. We need to have John Cox on. We need to have Keith Carson on. He just won Angler of the Year 
uh, for the NPFL. First inaugural season, and he's the NPFL, and he won by one point. Uh, I will say I didn't know he won, which really stunk because Keith is a friend. Uh, but All right, I'm going to give you guys a couple of hints. Yeah, give him some hints. He's a professional angler. He's from oh. Alabama. Okay. Is he? Yeah. You want to verify it and make sure? It is 1030. I think it might be a little. Hold on. I have all of his info in my hand, in my phone. Info. Yes, he is. See, I know my, I know my anglers. Oh, Swindle. Nope, not Chris Lane. Those are all good. The Lee boys, they're definitely from Alabama. Not Welcher, Polinick, not Dustin Connell. Polinick is from Idaho. Yeah, Polinick is. He is not Idaho. from. Jordan speaking Lee. of speaking of Polinick, uh, just in case anybody ever wondered, I asked him when I fished with him, Brandon, how do you pronounce your name? It. I hear so many different ways. How do you pronounce it? And he said, I'm glad you asked. He said, you take two names, Paula and Nick. Yep. Paula, Paula, Nick. Paula, Nick, Paula, Nick, Paula, yep. Nick, Paula, Nick. That's how you pronounce my name. Yep. So just in case anybody ever wondered, that's how you pronounce it. Paula, Nick. Yep. Steve Kenny would nobody, be a good one too. Steve Kenny would be good too, even though he's a he's a diehard Auburn fan, so I would have to deal with that. <laughs> but so is Jordan Lee. Uh B Lat, you're right. B Lat lives in Bama. Uh which he fishes for the elites. Yes, he fishes on the elites. And uh, here's another thing. He he is he's he is very fisherman. upfront. He's very honest and upfront, and he's a power fisherman. He's a power fisherman. He will not give you a line of BS ever. He and I have had it's no? not Gerald Swindle, by the way. There's been like 30 Gerald Swindles. Yeah, it's not Swindle. Mark Daniels, Canterbury, no. Mark Daniels is an Alabama guy, but come on, he's mellow. He's not a, he's not a uh, in-your-face, tell-it-like-it-is sort of guy. Wes Logan, Matt, Matt. Man, I can't even help it. I know, I know. he got so Matt Heron, there he is. is. JJ, JJH2613, you got it right. Okay. Oh, that's, oh, that's not how he spells his name, but that's good enough. Matt Heron. Matt okay. JJH2613, that's who's going to be on the show next week. He is a very talented angler. He's an amazing power fisherman. Uh, he's a no-nonsense. Uh, he's going to talk about fishing and fishing only, probably. So we're going to have to have a lot of fishing questions for him. 
Oh no, I'm. I got one question already. I'm. I can't wait to ask him about what his feelings are on on MLF. He will. That'll take a whole hour. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we dude. need to know: Does he want this yeah, so, box has so, the Pro Box, and then it has the Monster Bass Bio Bait Strike King Takeover in this together? Okay, or JJ does he want Bass. Where is it? Bass Bait Monthly. For February, and then the Monster Bass for March. And if he wants me to open it up, I'll open it up and I'll why don't I open it up and just oh, it's already open. This has Trilene, KVD, Stanley, Hooks, Baking Grind, Power Bait, a Chatter Bait, a KVD Jerk Bait, and then. Oh, there's more than a pop. Well, there's a lot more in here. A power bait. Oh my gosh! Robo worm! <laughs> Robo worms! Uh, it has a jig. I don't even know. It has two jigs. And then it has Santone. Oh, there's Santone jigs. And then. You want some mystery tackle box? After I open, after I take yeah. all that out. All right. So, Chris Hill, you get the. Uh, you get the. Um... BBM, the Bass Baits Monthly Box. I want Rick Petrie on here. I'll, you want if you want, I'll, I'll yeah, ask him to come on. Yeah, we'd ask him to come on. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Congratulations, JJ. Does he want to know what's in that? Does that he want me to open it? I don't know. But uh, that's got to be the longest question. I do questions every week on my show. That's the longest one ever. Uh, oh, the Strike King Takeover has. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was a good one. Oh, but it has those bio baits in it, too. And it does have Lunker Hunt. All but right, cool. That's a good deal. So, uh, DM, uh, well, let's see. What are we gonna do? Have them send you an email since you're yeah, you gotta ship, you gotta send it. So yeah, here's an email address for the two winners. Send Steve an email. Are there at, two? It... At ffrsteve at gmail.com. I would pay to Steve to see Steve and Rick fight. Let's just be honest. I will beat the shit out of Rick. <laughs> Oh man, he's put it out there publicly. Oh my god! I gotta be like, I'm six foot five. I and I, I and I'm heavy. I, I, I mean, I'm joking. I'm joking. Let me just make that very clear. Okay, but good. it is I funny. I don't want to get. I don't want to get uh, kicked off here. I mean, I only get the box for one more month, so I don't give a crap after one month. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Louise. All right, Chris and. Uh, the other person's getting this one. That made me laugh. The JJH one two three four five six seven. You uh, send your contact information to yeah. Mr. Get Your Fish On Steve Chapman at ffrsteve at gmail .com and you will get you a prize, uh, an amazing free prize. I got Sweet. five of these to give away that nobody ever claimed for the six thousand. Oh my goodness! You want to know what? I'll I'll send these to you. You can give them away. Okay. Cool. All right. I want to show you guys something that uh, I'm gonna. I have no I'm idea pretty, what's in them though. 
I'm pretty excited about. Look, yeah, fishing the southeast. I'll give, email me and then I'll give you my phone number. Check this out. What's in there? It's a mystery. My buddy Chris Hill, the guy who just won a prize on your show, sent me these. Oh, nice. Uh, he's, I don't ever get like stuff the, like that. Do you know that? He's like the best, the number one contributor to the Mr. Bass channel. And hmm. he sends me amazing stuff. And I'm going to put most of that stuff in the, in, the, in the cans, in the prize cans. But he did tell me there's a couple of really sweet special things in there just for me. So I got to get them out first. Nice. And Carol, uh, yeah. if, if you send me your address, I'll send one of those boxes to you. One of those, what I don't even know what's in those. The, the, I'll be brutally honest. I don't even know what's in those little boxes. Uh, they were made so many months ago that I didn't, I started writing things down and, they probably have uh, Thunderhawk lures in them, though, I bet. Thunderhawk. That's not. That's nothing to Nothing to uh, be upset about. That's awesome. Thunderhawk makes yeah. some good stuff. Center of the biggest. All right. Way. I think we're, uh, I think we're getting close here. Yeah. Good job again. Uh, what do you have coming up? I know what you have coming up. I'm looking forward to it. Arguably the biggest unboxing of of all time <laughs> on your channel. Yeah, that's uh, right. Going to be unboxing some amazing lures tomorrow night. Get got it. Got to check it out. It's it's a premiere, so I'm going to be on there typing away. If you guys want to chit chat about it, it's a long video. It's like 35 minutes long. Really. Yeah, Look at that, you. I, I rarely do more than say 10 to 12 minutes tops, but 35 minutes of swim baits. Now, is pretty it wild? Really, pretty wild. What is the most expensive swim bait? The most expensive swim bait. How much was it? On the planet? Or no, no, in the, in the unboxing. $299.99. So here's my question. Are you going to use it to first off? Absolutely. You are? Yes. Have you, have you, have you seen how it acts in the water? I mean, what made you decide <laughs> to buy it? Yes. Uh, well, it's a proven fish catcher. I have seen it in action. Okay. It happens to be the lure that I was talking to Edwin about today that Brandon Polinick was throwing. Oh, okay. Uh, so I absolutely know it works. Um, the only difference about this one and the reason it's so expensive is because it's the Roman made negotiators, what it is. I'll let the cat cat out of the bag. And here's one right here. This is a normal one. Okay. So wait a minute. You have more than one of these. Yeah, I do have more than one of these, but the, here's what's different about. Do you one. sleep on the sofa? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm in trouble <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where is Heather? Where is she when yeah, I need her? Where is she? Heather, there's a link to the to come on live. <laughs> uh, all right. This bait here is not nearly as expensive, even though it's the same lure. There's okay. one, there's one difference. This one is handmade from Japan, hand painted, carved out of wood. It's a wooden bait. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
and then it's beautifully they put this this stuff on it this coating on it to give it a nice shine and to make it durable <clears throat> however the one that's in the video is a new process where it's the same wood it's the same hand crafting but it's wrapped in leather you bought the leather lure no not that leather <laughs> That leather, that leather lure is like $1,500. They have it on sale for four seventy nine. dollars I saw. Oh, do they? Huh. Because they didn't sell any at $1,000 because only crazy people bought it for $1,000. That's interesting. You can get that thing for 400 bucks. I think I saw it for four seventy nine dollars on Tackle Warehouse. All right. I'm going to show you this just because it is amazing how beautiful this thing is. The... The craftsmanship of this lure is absolutely amazing. Here's another thing that a lot of people don't understand. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful lure, but $2.99? Yeah. But here's what a lot of people do not understand about. Does that come with a Band-Aid? <laughs> <laughs> it comes with spare hooks. It, it uh... needs to do something else for $2.99. Here's what people don't get about big glide baits that aren't kind of in this world. Big glide baits, they're, they're one Quit of the... Telling things are a deal. <laughs> Quit telling me, telling them things are a deal. All right, here's, here's what you need to know about glide baits that so many people don't get. And I could be wrong about this because at some point the, the market... doesn't even have hooks. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, at some point, the market could turn. But these things are some of the best investments there are on the planet. You, I mean, have you ever heard of Amazon stock? Yeah, I've heard of Amazon stock. <laughs> Amazon stock's gone through the roof. Uh, anyway, these baits hold their value like you would not believe. You can. You know, you can, I can take any one of these baits hanging here on the wall and I can get my money back out like that. And not only that, depending upon the color and the and the type, you can make big money on these lures. Take this one, for example, right here. Uh, here, This one is one that Matthew talks about a lot, the Clash 9. If, whoops, there went one. If you're lucky enough... To find a Clash 9 and buy it retail, which is about 100 bucks, it's a little more than 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. You can double your money on this immediately. Immediately. Uh, that's how sought after they are. I could put this on eBay right now for 200 bucks and it costs a little over 100. You can uh, go to the grocery store and buy a scratch off card and quadruple your money too. Well, you can maybe. Well, this, this, this is real money. This is a commodity in my hand that I can actually sell. Try selling that lottery ticket. Try selling it. Do it, eBay, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in an auction. It would be, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Listen, seeing it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling anyone that I or anyone else should buy a bait as an investment. Yeah. What what I'm I mean that's ridiculous. But what I am saying is there's a it whole It sure as hell better catch the biggest damn fish in the pond. There's a whole lot of ways to waste money out there and you'll never get a dime back from it. Yeah. 
you know. So why not buy something you really enjoy that could catch you um, the, a fish of a lifetime and you can actually sell. It's a win, win, win. It's like three wins in a row. <laughs> you, but you might, I mean, to be honest, just so everyone knows, on Saturday night, I'm going to have an intervention for Mr. Bass on my <laughs> channel live. <laughs> I'm joking. I am not. But I'm looking forward to your video tomorrow. It should be a good video. I think guys will like it. Yeah. 35 minutes. That's a big one, too. That's a long video. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That helps the channel. Booster, but you will never sell it. You won't sell it. My wife, Birkin bags appreciate and value also. And uh, she should know. She should know. Yeah. How many bags did she get after you, you made this video? You know, she's not, she's not into that anymore, but you know, okay, she's good. gone through, she's gone through phases where she's bought a lot of bags or something I mean, like she, that. I mean, yeah. I mean, she maxed spending, out the credit card on the, on that tackle warehouse thing. So, I mean, she, <laughs> right now she's spending lots of money on her creative talent. She's an amazing artist. Oh, nice. Yeah, She is. She is really, really just blown me away on how good she is. And, uh, she, she does. She spends a lot of money on that. It's very fulfilling for her, and she's very good at it. That's good. Uh, I like to hear that. Creative people. Yeah. I like creative people. Yeah. She's super creative. Always has been. So you have that, and then what's the next? Should, uh, we, we should start to get some some boxes here, shouldn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a ton of boxes. My monthly boxes starting to show up. Uh, at least they've all said they've shipped. And I'm getting a new one. The one I told you guys I ordered, the Hendrix... Or the Henderson or the, what do they call that stupid thing? I don't know. I mean, can't even remember what it's called. But I got a new one coming. Hendrix. Hendrix. It's Hendrix. I have my and, my last Monster Bass box this month that said it was shipped. Cool. And I think cool. Bass Beats Monthly said they shipped mine too. Uh, I, I posted a video today of, a, of the 10,000 fish fishing kit. Oh, uh, that's a pretty cool fishing kit. I like fishing kits. I've got these, I've got these missile baits fishing kits that I've bought and did videos on. Those are pretty cool. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. Uh, that you know they, uh, it's kind of a fun thing if you're into like they've got a pond fishing kit, uh, Tokyo rig kit, flipping kit, pond fishing kit. And, uh, you know, these are kind of fun sometimes. Uh, we should ask John to come on the show. We ought to. And uh, so I, the 10,000 fish, I, I, I got that 10,000 fish kit, and I really like it. I like a lot of the stuff in that bait, in that box. The only thing I don't think I'm sold on, I really think might be frog fur. I, I don't know yet because I, I haven't fished with it, is that cycle bait. Have you seen that cycle bait? So I, I don't think I put the the closer look video up yet. I don't even know. Hold on. Maybe I have. The thing, I wish I had one handy. The thing that I'm still scratching my head about on that is take a regular spinner bait. I got one right here. Oh, no. I, I did put the, uh, the closer look of that one up. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, Carol, Carol, I don't know how you're helping me here, telling my wife that 
<laughs> you fish and don't spend money. That doesn't help me. Come on now. Uh, but uh, all right, here's your willow leaf blade. Yes. All spinner baits have these blades on them, and they've got a swivel. And this swivel, turn your blade turns 360 degrees when it moves through the water. That one does not. What one does not? I don't. That one I think goes around and then the, goes back the other way. The cycle bait, yeah, doesn't do that. It's it's got like three links of chain. Yeah, looks like a chain link. So there's no way it can spin completely around. So how, I mean, you know, what they say is that it gives it a much more erratic action in the water. It does. The bait, the bait will do this in the water more. Okay. See, I haven't tested that yet. And that's why I'm kind of wondering, is that legit or is it just marketing? You know, I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm going to try it and then, and then I'll know. I, um, I got rid that's, of that bait. You what? I got rid of that bait. Oh, did you? Yeah. So you didn't you didn't think it was worth I it, or I I didn't think that uh, I didn't think it made that big of a difference compared to other spinner baits that I know worked really well, uh -huh. and and really one of the things I have a big flaw in is a, is that I want my spinner bait to always be vertical. I don't want it to go on the side mm -hmm. like the bass hick one does. I want it to be okay. Well, their 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 solution for that though. Is that the arm uh, is not permanently, not stiffly attached to the head of the bait? It's yes. also on a swivel. Yes. So that, so that in theory, your bait is is not going to flip side to side, even yeah, though the blade will. It does. It goes. It does that in the water. It, okay. it, it's a it's a weird situation. Like I said, when, when I throw a spinner bait, I the first cast is I'm just focused like tunnel focused on how that bait is reacting in the water because if it starts to go to the side i'm instantly cutting that thing off in the yeah, case yeah. of that boat it, that bait it does this and I'm, yeah. and i was worried that the bass might go after it and because it's doing this at the same time it might miss it um so that was another reason why i kind of i kind of was like uh eh, i'm not it didn't it didn't hit it for me that's all yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, I got Justin's thing. So, Justin, I got your email. Oh, my God, Justin, you're right here in Orlando. Like, you're right around the corner. Not really, yeah. but kind of. I'm in a popka. So yeah, and then so uh, I've got uh, I've got that ten thousand fish video out today, and then the swim bait video out tomorrow, and then the next day I've got my lucky tackle box unboxing, and the next day I've got a uh, BioSpawn Essentials kit unboxing. Nice, look at you. Yeah, I don't, I have I don't even know what the next one is. Now I got to look. Yeah, I've already, so I didn't make it a, a premiere, but I think it's another chase base. Gotcha. So, Caro, if you want to email me, I will send you a box. And Fishing the Southeast, make sure you email me and I'll give you my phone number. And really, I have four other boxes. So, if four other people want them, then they can have them before you get them. But I don't know what's in them. So. Could be. I know there's something in them. 
So, okay, well, that's good. We're way over our time now. Uh-oh. Got to go. Next week, Matt Heron. They're going to turn the lights out on us. Matt Heron next Wednesday night. Uh, be sure to think about any questions you'd like to ask him on the live stream. Uh, just yeah. keep in mind, he's a power fisherman. He's a crankbait fisherman. He's a shallow water guy is what he is. He's a good dude. Uh, good you'll dude. really you'll really like him because he's really brutally honest. He's been on the elites for a long time, and I don't know if he was invited on the major league. He probably wasn't, but he was invited. He was invited. Turned it down. Yeah, yeah. Boy, we he he and I had a conversation about that that lasted two hours. Yeah, yeah. He's got opinions about it. it. And uh, unlike many people, he's willing to share the opinions if you ask. So that's yeah. great. That's always a fun time. Yeah, he is not worried about who he uh, who he offends. And I like that. Right on. All right. Good night, everybody. Be sure there are two winners to email Steve Chapman uh, with your info. And then uh, he'll get you your stuff. Yeah. All right. Close us out, Steve. Take your kid fishing, get your fish on, and happy fishing. Yes. Good night, everybody. Later, guys.